Jordan Love, I know you don't want to hear this. He is what I was told throughout the offseason I thought he would be. He's a game manager. There's no special there. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. NBA schedules released today. Justin Garcia, our friend from the Bucks Radio Network, tweeted out a nice little breakdown. There's a couple of interesting news and notes if you are into schedule releases. The Bucks have 19 nationally televised games. They have a three-game homestand to open up the season. They have a six-game homestand leading into a Christmas series with the Knicks. They have a New Year's Day home game against the Pacers and 14 back-to-backs, six of them home-home. I think the NBA schedule release is probably the least consequential, at least of the three major American sports I watch. Maybe there's hockey fans right now. They're like, oh, the ho- hockey. That, that, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know how people react to a hockey schedule release. But I think of baseball, basketball, and football, which are the three biggies that I handle and I'm really into and the three biggies that are mostly discussed on the show. I think the NBA is the least consequential schedule release now baseball has more games which puts the value on each specific game at a lower level than in basketball but in baseball you can say okay first month of the season you want to get off to an okay start what teams are you playing against and you can look at that and then you know you look at august september how many days off how many road trips uh, are, are they concluding the the season with games against divisional opponents right all these things that we can look for in a baseball schedule despite there being 162 games the NFL, obviously, every game is massive. So we're going to dissect and look at every specific matchup. When are they on Monday night? When are they on Thursday night? When's the bye? The NBA, it's like, do we play on Christmas? How many games on TNT? How many nationally televised games? Although we're at the point now as Bucks fans, we don't care how many national TV games we get. I don't even think about it anymore. Now when the Bucks run the come up, oh, ooh, we would focus on that so much. Oh, we have four games on TNT this year. That's sick. Or like I follow a lot of Kings people because I like the Sacramento Kings. And they're at the point now where they're noticing the jump from last year to this year in the number of games that are on TNT or nationally televised. So the Bucs just aren't really in a place where we give a dang about how many nationally televised games. I guess you can look at the schedule, find the back-to-backs, maybe circle some games that you want to avoid buying tickets to because you don't know if players are going to sit. Of course, we're interested if they play a game on Christmas. That's about it. I think basketball is the least consequential of the three big sports, at least, that we talk about on this show. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I hope you've had an awesome day. Packers practice looked to be quite an event today, at least from what I was reading on Twitter and seeing from people who were reporting on what was going on. A lot of fights. It would seem that the Patriots really had their way with the Packers in in all sorts of different ways today. So a completely different tone and a different result for a lot of players and a lot of positional units Uh, Compared to yesterday, yesterday it was all Packers. They were walking the Patriots up and down the field, and the Patriots could do nothing against the Packers' offense and defense. Today, the opposite, which isn't all that surprising. It's not that big of a deal. I saw Peter Bukowski, who I like, but we always reference his tweets because he's always tweeting stuff. He's tweeting today like, this is a Matt LaFleur problem. Like The team doesn't come out with any energy, and they're flat. I'm like, my guy, it's August 17th. (laughs) Can we not? Can we not look at the team's energy at practice 
and use it to evaluate their head coach. Maybe maybe let's wait until week one. Like we can talk about the kicker. I want to talk about the Packers kicking situation coming up in about a half hour. And we could talk about the offensive line. We can talk about Jordan Love. Can we energy and effort and practice? Can we can we not? Can we wait until the regular season? And then once the regular season gets here, then we can talk about how the Packers don't know how to travel correctly and they can't handle switching time zones and they came out flat, no energy, no effort. Yeah, we'll get there, but today is not that day. Oh, the Packers had a rough practice today. Well, uh, that happens. You have a lot of practices. Some are going to be better than others. It's just how it goes. But we'll talk Packers in about a half hour. I do want to start with Brewers. And I would love to have you call or text or tweet or give your input today. At any point, if you want to jump in and talk Brewers, if you want to jump in and talk Packers, I'd love to have you. 608-321-1670. I'm always wide open on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. Mike Clemens going to be here at 530. So Clemheads, set your alarm. Make sure you're tuned in at 530. He's going to give us an update on what was a very up and down and rough and rowdy practice today. So we're back to the point of the sports schedule now, and and we're close enough to football season where we're getting Mike twice a week on Tuesday and Thursday, and I love that, and I know a a lot of you do as well. Mike Clemens, he's got a big fan base. So make sure you're ready to go, ready for Mike at 530. Last night was the worst Brewer game of the year. I'm not trying to be hyperbolic i'm not trying to be mr dramatic I, I truly think last night's brewer game was the worst game of the year i think that one takes the cake it didn't help that it started at 9 10 p.m and it didn't help that we were only 24 hours removed from an adrian hauser start which no shade towards adrian hauser because he pitched i think as good as he's pitched all year long on tuesday night against the dodgers but the offense did nothing and the defense didn't give him any help so I was already kind of perturbed about the Brewers going into last night's game. Had to wait until 9 o'clock for it to start. And on my way home from work, I stopped to meet a buddy for a beer, which means two beers. And that's always weird when you stop for a beer on your way home from work and then you get back and you're not buzzed, but you feel a little different. It's like, man, I could go to bed right now, but I absolutely shouldn't. I just got home from work. So I, you know, I had some beers and I was kind of already pissed at the Brewers and I'm waiting until 9. It wasn't a recipe for success going into last night for the Brewers. It was probably the worst season or the worst game of the season uh, that I've watched this year. First few innings were walk, infield single, infield single, a a bunt that stayed fair, a sack fly, catcher's interference more than once. It was just dumb. This is a dumb first couple of innings. And then on the other side of the ball, the Brewers' offense was getting unlucky. The Dodgers, who need no luck because they're a billion-dollar payroll super team, They're getting lucky on offense. The Brewers' offense is getting unlucky. Line drives right at infielders and hard-hit balls resulting in outs. Unlucky double plays when the Brewers could scrounge up a base runner. It sucked. The fifth inning, it's 4-1. to And I know the drill as a Brewers fan. I'm not new here. This game is 100% over, okay? I'm I'm, I'm down. I'm down and out. I am am defeated. I am beaten. Because I know it's 4-1, to one and this game is not turning around. It doesn't seem as though the series is turning around. I saw the Cubs walked it off last night at Wrigley against the White Sox. That was Christopher Morell, by the way, uh, Matt from Cross Plains. I made sure to not forget or confuse the name of the person who hit that home run. So making improvements. I'm always trying to get better every day, Matt, after I made that mistake, saying it was Eloy Jimenez two nights ago. Last night it was Christopher Morell. That's a fact that I'm confident in. So fifth inning, I've seen the Cubs walk it off. I've seen the Brewers fall behind by a couple of runs, some unlucky circumstances, and I am sad, okay? But that wasn't it. That wasn't enough. 
because the Dodgers had to kick us a couple of times while we were down. It's four to one. The game continues. Naturally, Chris Taylor hits a home run in the seventh inning because, of course, he does. Because why why wouldn't he do that? Of course. Let's rehash some memories of 2018. Yep, that's nice. That's good. I needed that last night. And if that wasn't enough, Gus Varlin closed the game out by pitching the eighth and the ninth, and he struck out seven former Brewers Rule 5 guy earlier this year. Uh, he did not strike out seven. That's incorrectly. Why did I have that in my brain? How did Gus Varland do last night? Gus Varland, seven total strikeouts. He's at the bottom of the column. I saw that out of the corner of my eye. That's not right. He had two innings pitched, three strikeouts. Uh, seven strikeouts would not be possible unless someone reached on a strikeout. And I'm like, I didn't see that. Gus Varland, two innings, no hits, three strikeouts. Looked very dominant. He was a former Brewer earlier this year, Rule 5 guy. So that stung, but it stung in more ways than one because it also brought back memories of Matt Bush, who was his throwing partner and mentor in spring training. Matt Bush, Gus Varland, both friends of show because of that. Uh, and I can't stand Matt Bush. And anytime I have to think about him, I get pissed off. So I was pissed off watching Gus Varland mow down my brewers, but then I was double pissed off because Gus Varland makes me think of Matt Bush, who I can't stand. Last night's game sucked, okay? And I kept tweeting about it, and everyone in my mentions was like, Grant, go to bed. No, I won't go to bed. Uh-uh. I won't go to bed because I watch our teams to the end of the game. It doesn't matter if I stay up until midnight. It doesn't matter if I'm up until 2 in the morning. It doesn't matter if I get a migraine and have a stroke because my team makes me so upset. I'm watching, okay? There are some radio hosts in the state. You know, they get by on pulling stunts. They go to Packers practice in an opposing jersey, and they try to get a coach's autograph. Some radio hosts do that. I, sorry, I'm old-fashioned. I watch my team. And, yeah, they were pissing me off last night, but everyone's in my mentions like, go to bed. No, I won't go to bed. Okay, I'm going to sit here and suffer through this loss like all Brewers fans are, or at least the sucker Brewer fans that stayed up to watch the rest of the game. I saw a lot of tweets last night because I was on Twitter having a meltdown, and I saw a lot of negative tweets from Brewers fans. And this is, I think, the only worthwhile conversation having, or this is the only conversation that's worthwhile to have today because we could complain about how that was a bad loss, but I don't see that that's productive. Um, A productive conversation that we can have is about this idea, and I see it all the time on Twitter, and I you know, I hear it in your calls, I see it in your texts. The Brewers just can't compete with the Dodgers and the Braves. They can. I mean, I mean, they can compete against the Reds, compete against the White Sox. They can handle the Cubs. Uh, they can handle teams, you know, like the Diamondbacks or the Rockies, although they really struggled against the Rockies this year, so maybe that's a bad example. But, you know, the Brewers can beat up on teams that are similar to them, but anytime they got to go up a division and they got to play the Dodgers or the Braves, is not going well. They can't compete with the likes of Los Angeles and Atlanta. The Brewers lost five of six to the Braves. They played them six times in July. And so far, they have lost four of five to L.A. They lost two of three in May. They've lost both of the, the two games in the series so far. The Braves score runs against everybody. So I, I don't know that that's specific to the Brewers. The Braves score runs against everybody. And right now, the Dodgers are beating everybody. Again, not a specific insult to the Brewers. The Braves beat everybody. They score runs on everybody. The Dodgers beat everybody. But that's kind of the point. The Brewers are everybody. They're they're, they're in the other class. They're not the Braves. They're not the Dodgers. They're not one of the elite teams in the National League. They're one of the other teams. Lump them in and in a group with everybody else. But in 2023, because of our playoff structure, because of our playoff format, there's a lot of everybody teams that make the playoffs right there's a lot of teams like the brewers a lot of teams that are slightly over 500 the phillies are one of those teams as well there's a lot of teams that are good not great that get in the playoffs 
because six playoff teams in both leagues get in. And this is the reason that I occasionally question the bites of the apple strategy. And and don't get me wrong. I don't think there's a great strategy for the Brewers to try to contend and win a World Series. They're going to struggle no matter what way they try to do it, no matter which way they try to spin it. The Brewers are really going to struggle to contend for a World Series. Whether they build it up, tear it down, build it up, tear it down, or do this bites at the apple thing. But games like last night and games against the Dodgers and the Braves, they make me question the bites of the apple strategy, and they make me think that it's a dated strategy. In 2008, for example, four teams made the playoffs. This is the first time the Brewers made the playoffs in my lifetime. I'm sure a lot of the the same is for you. 2008 was probably the first time in your lifetime that the Brewers made the playoffs, unless you remember the early 80s, you know, and I'm not calling you old if you do, but there's a lot of people that never knew the Brewers in the playoffs until 2008 is something that they experienced. And in 2008, only four teams made it in each league, each of the division winners and one wild card, and that's it. Major League Baseball had the most exclusive postseason in American sports. And if you go back to the early 2000s or the 90s, it was even more exclusive. Two, three teams, tops got in. That's how it worked. It was exclusive as exclusive gets. So executives like David Stearns, for example. David Stearns grows up, works his way into baseball in this type of playoff format. Three, four teams get in. Tops. It used to be that no average teams were getting in. No teams that were slightly above 500 would just happen to make the post. There was no circumstance. There was no coincidental playoff teams. Like we always make fun of the Brewers for making the playoffs in 2020. That never happened. If you were in the baseball playoffs, historically, it's because you were awesome and you totally 100% had a chance to win the World Series even if you weren't the best team you were one of the three or four most elite teams in baseball because only the elite teams got in so if a team got in they absolutely had a chance and I don't know if the just get in bites at the apple strategy works in 2023 because getting in means something different than it used to just getting in in 2008 or just getting in in the early 90s meant you were one of the most elite teams in baseball and you had just as good a shot as anybody else that made it, any of the three or four teams that got in. In 2023, you're one of six teams. We'll just get in. Yeah, but there's a lot of variance between number one and number six. Baseball's a lot different than it used to be. You know what I mean? It's like buying a house. It's a lot harder for kids coming out of college these days to buy their first house than it was back in the day because houses used to be a lot cheaper. So I feel like the Brewers are the kid graduating college. They got $10,000 in their bank account. And they're like, all right, I'm going to buy a house. White picket fence. Well, that's not how it works anymore. It's, it, takes, it takes a little bit more. I feel like the Brewers are like, well, for years, if you just get in. Yeah, but just getting in 15 years ago meant that you were one of four, one of three, if you go back even farther. Now it's different. And I just don't know if the just get in strategy is a good one. Because the Brewers might just get in this year. And they're going to face the Dodgers and the Braves, who are not even close to on the same level as the Brewers. The difference is, 20 years ago, this Brewers team would come nowhere near the playoffs. Do you get what I'm saying? I just feel like it's an old school strategy that doesn't maybe work within the current playoff format. 608-321-1670. Let's go to the phones. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Grant, good afternoon. It's Badger Bloody Reviews. Badger Bloody, I recognize that voice anywhere. What's going on? Oh, man. Well, 
first of all, I just want to say that migraine that you're getting, mm-hmm. that's not entirely the Brewers. That's from looking at that miniature little TV of yours, man. That's eye strain. Hey, I watched in the living room last night, and tonight, you know, I might draw myself a bath. I might take that mini TV in the, in the bathroom because I've watched in every room of my apartment this week, and I'm coming up empty, so I'm going to watch this game in the one room I haven't tried yet. I think that's what I'm going to do tonight. Hey, if that's what you think it's going to take to get the Brewers a win against the Dodgers, then, you know, I might even do the same thing. You know, yeah. let's get the get the witchcraft going. Hey, seriously, though, if you'd like something a little bigger, I got a couple extra TVs sitting <laughs> in my closet. Um, I will gladly drop one off at your place in exchange for one six-pack of High Life. Dude, I first of all, Miller High Life champagne and beers, uh, outstanding choice. I was going to carry my big living room TV up into my bedroom last night and take a new picture to appease the masses on Twitter. And I'm like, screw this. It's heavy. The Brewers are down a couple runs. I'm in no mood to participate in this television bit tonight. So I was going to do it last night, and I'm like, screw this. Brewers getting their ass kicked. I'm not in the mood. Hey, no no worries there. I just want to say, you know, I thought Hauser actually, the first game of the series, performed better than I expected. Yeah, he was um, awesome re- on Tuesday night. He's he great. Was. He, that might be, you know, as as good as he is ever gonna gonna pitch, possibly. But the writing was on the wall, man. The Dodgers hit some balls hard that barely, you know, stayed in the park. A lot of catches at the warning track, and I'm sitting there and I'm thinking to myself, man, these a lot of these are gonna leave the park tomorrow. They're gonna get the Brewers tomorrow, and sure enough, you know, Wade Miley, which love the guy, but probably not as talented as Hauser is. Um, certainly not as young. Uh, yeah, the the Dodgers ended up teeing off on him, and that play where he sort of it looked like he tweaked his leg a little bit, slipping trying to make a play on the infield. Yeah, and Council goes out, it's talking with him, and you know we're Councilites, we know that the, Gregory is an excellent manager. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I really did not agree with the decision to leave Miley in there because I had a feeling the Dodgers were just going to start teeing off, and sure enough, uh, that's exactly what they did. I mean, what inning was that in the third? The fourth? That was like the third inning, and I get it. That's a little early to be pulling the well, starter, but you could, he was not, Miley was not throwing, you know, to his full potential. You could see a drop-off in the in the power coming off that arm. No, and I think Council probably thought the same thing that I thought and a lot of people thought at home. They're like, we're not winning this game anyways. This thing's done. Can you just get us, get us to the fifth? I don't care if you give up seven, eight runs, which is ultimately the total the Dodgers got to, uh, and a little bit of that came against the bullpen. Uh, you know, McGill's of the world. I guess Chafin was okay. Uh, Rebay gave up two hits. I'm looking back through the stats. Yeah, you know, the bullpen was fine. I think Council just realized probably what we all did. It's like, it's not in the cards tonight. This isn't working. Just go get outs. And I almost tweeted last night, let's just fast forward to tomorrow. Let's call this at five innings and let's just move on because this ain't it. This isn't happening for the Brewers. Yeah, that's one where if you're playing, you know, MLB the show on Xbox, you just hit that forfeit button, uh, yep. take the L and move on there. Um, you can tell when council is really getting agitated because first the hat comes off and then the hand starts running through the hair. And you know he's really stressed when by inning five or six, that hair is standing way off and he's not got a hat on. <sighs> Poor council. Someone get that man a beer. Yeah, he, need, he looked like he needed a Miller High Life champagne of beers last night, more than usual. And he needs maybe, yeah, probably something a little stronger than that, little little double Tito's or something. All right, bloody. I appreciate you. This was an excellent call. And you know what? Maybe we can talk about TVs because maybe I should upgrade. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Hit, hit the DMs if you'd like something a little bigger. Like I said, I got a couple sitting around that I am not using that, yeah, for six crispy cold ones, it can be yours. Appreciate you, bloody. Thanks for the call. All right. Have a good afternoon, man. You as badger bloody's like, I got some product, man.
I got to move it. I got some product in the closet. Just let me know. Hit my line. Let's talk Brewers for a couple more minutes, then we'll talk Packers training camp. And I want to talk the kicking situation. What are we going to do with this Daniel Carlson guy? What are the Packers going to do this season with a kicker who looks very shaky right now? So we can get into that debate at 4.30. Mike Clemens in a little over an hour. Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I really had two things I wanted to talk about tonight. I wanted to react briefly to last night's Brewers loss and point out that Maybe last night's Brewers loss is a good bit of evidence as to why the bites of the apple approach might not actually be a great one. I feel like the bites of the apple approach would have been great in the 90s. But then again, to make the playoffs back in the day, you had to go all in. There was no version back in the day of we want to be good, but not too good. No, you had to go all in and you had to be great to get into the playoffs back in the day because there were only so many spots. These days, yeah, you can make your goal just get in as a three or a four or a five seed, but just getting into the playoffs in 2023 doesn't mean what it meant in 2008 or 1993. Like there is a separation in, in quality of teams in the postseason these days. Didn't used to be that way. Major League Baseball postseason used to be four, five, six elite teams from both conferences or both leagues, and anybody could win. I, I don't think the same is true in 2023. I do think there are crummy teams that get in. And if the Brewers get in this year, I I, I won't necessarily think, well, anything could happen because they're going to have to go through the Dodgers and or the Braves. And they've really shown this year it's not in the cards. So I wanted to talk about that. I want to talk about the Packers kicking situation, and we're going to do that in a little bit. And I have some things to say about that. And then we're going to talk to Mike Clemens at 530. And other than that, we can talk about whatever you want. If you want to call and talk Brewers, I'll do it. If you want to talk Packers and know what's going on in practice they had a lot of fights today i'm down to talk about whatever i just have a couple bullet points that i want to get to today and the rest is up to you 608-321-1670 cone roller is here badger bloody we've already talked to badger bloody cone what's up today hey just a great day to be a clem head not that any day is not a great day to be one but today especially we got him joining the show that's awesome he texted me uh what did he say he he said what bumper should i use tonight because we're gonna talk about the fights and what did he suggest? Saturday night's all right for fighting. Let me go look at his text. I can't remember. I think it was a Stone song. Oh, he said, should I use Rolling Stone's uh, Saint Fighting Man for bumpers music? I don't know if I know that song. But Mike, Mike's in his bag today. 100% right. You're correct, Cone. What about, like, Where Is My Mind by the Pixies? Ooh. You know, from Fight Club. Yeah, well, and Where Is My Mind? Maybe that would apply to Quay Walker, too. You know, keep a clear head, clear eyes, and stay focused. You know, Quay Walker, where was his mind last year in both of those games where he got ejected? Exactly, and that's kind of the main thing I wanted to talk about was the the fights today at practice. I saw, what, they had eight different fights, four fights, some absurd number. I saw six from Andy Herman. I saw seven from somebody. I, I think... Different Packers beat reporters were counting fights differently. Like, is, is a skirmish a fight? Is two guys shoving a fight? I don't know, but it was a lot. Yeah, and, you know, I'm all for the guys, you know, getting out there, releasing some of the tension they've built up in camp. But if you get up to eight, you know, six, seven, eight, whatever, I think that is a little much and kind of shows a, a little bit of an undisciplined team. 
Um, all reports kind of show that they got their butts kicked today in practice by the Patriots. So for them just to kind of roll over and start throwing punches, I think it's a perfect representation of kind of this team. You know, they, they're, they're not mentally buttoned up. And that absolutely starts at Matt LaFleur. Are you being serious right now or are you trolling me just a little bit? I, it's a practice. Here's my take, okay? If you have, let's say, 20 to 30 practices throughout training camp, it's not that many, but whatever number it is, 20. They're not all going to be great. You, you like, Cone, you don't go to work every day and crush it every day. There's some days you come home from work and you're like, eh, I didn't have my best stuff today. I, I didn't make my best sales calls. That meeting that I hosted wasn't great. But football's the same. Not every day is going to be perfect. Yeah, I get that. But at the end of the day, you know, if I don't have a great day at work, I'm not going home and, you know, punching stuff and breaking bobbleheads <laughs> and putting holes in my drywall. That's true. I, su- I suppose hold ourselves to a certain standard we don't just get to start fighting guys and football's a, a little different and I, I hate i hate comparing an everyday job to you I know, know pro sports because i think that is so overdone it, it is like especially with this james harden stuff like oh i can't just tell my boss i don't want to work for him and that he's a liar well you're also not making 35 million dollars dude so yeah Go home and drink your PBR. I agree. I agree with you in that real life is not sports, but I also always am comparing real life jobs and sports. So I, I don't exactly practice what I preach. Let's just say that. That's but no, I, I am actually not trolling about these practice fights. Um, like I'm all for, you know, showing a little aggression. I know back in the high school football days, you know, we had joint scrimmages and, you know, th- there'd be one big fight, and then you kind of get it out of your system, sure. you recoup, and you have a good day of practice. I Flush think it. Yep. I, to have eight fights in the first thirty plays of practice is is a little is a little weak in my in my mind. All right, and now I, I, I want to see how they bounce back tomorrow. And towards the if this is a one off, then then I will disagree with you. But if this becomes a trend, if this becomes a pattern, okay, well then I'm I'm with you, Conan. I see where you're coming from. Before I let you go, uh, you mentioned high school football. Uh, what's the high school football culture like in Arizona? Because that's where you you live. You're a traveling salesman, from what I glean. Is there a high school football culture in Arizona and Phoenix? Uh, believe it or not, Grant, I don't talk to that many high schoolers, so <laughs> I, I'm I meant, really not sure. I meant, well, obviously, I'm. I'm not Wander meant, Franco here. I meant. I meant more generally speaking. Like it's very hot in Phoenix's time. You're telling me they're playing football outside and practicing football outside but hey if, if you don't know anything about the high school football culture all right that's fine you don't have to talk about it yeah maybe i'll, I'll try to get pulse uh, on kind of what's going on sure. around here but uh you know i am going to las vegas tomorrow so i might be missing a friday show for the second week in a row and i gotta put some accountability on myself to, to not make that happen so as long as you don't fight someone in vegas just don't fight someone just don't throw a punch flush it move on and you know, make sure you're around for next Friday's show. I appreciate you, Cone. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. You know, I don't think it's okay to fight. You might, but that's another story. So have a good day, Grant. Yeah, I pre- appreciate it, Cone. Uh, I'm not a fighter. I'm not an altercation guy. I, I'm, I'll always diffuse the situation. But I also am a big fan of Kenny Rogers. And one time Kenny Rogers did say sometimes you have to fight to be a man. So I... I don't know. I don't know exactly where I fall on this issue. Let's take a couple more calls before we go to break. 608-321-1670. Wisco Sports Show, who's this? This is Jeff. Jeff. Oh, Jeff in lacrosse. Yeah, we are a Bears fan, of course. What's up? Well, I heard you earlier today, and I turned you off for a while because Bill Michaels really irritated me with his comments about the Bears, to be honest with you. 
That's not um, mean. That's not we'll mean. see what happens in a couple, three weeks. Uh, he was mad at someone, I think, who commented or texted his show to tell him to bear down. Is that what you're talking about? Right. Well, Packer fans have been getting in my face for how many years? I mean, what comes around goes around. Just remember that. This is true. What did Bill say? The only and, times you ever bear down is when you're taking a dump. Or there, were, there was another. There's something well, else he, he said. I, I just when he that was about the time I turned it off because it's easy to do now. And if you're a fan, you're a fan when they're good and when they're not good. Look what I've been through the last few years, and I refuse to. I refuse to give up. To be honest with you, maybe oh, that's boy. foolish, but that's me. No, I, if you're a sports fan, if you're a lifelong sports fan, you, you can't be someone who gives up when it when it gets crummy and when your team's not winning. The the bad years, the lean years, just make the the great years feel all that much better. Like the title that the Bucks won a couple years ago meant so much to so many people because it felt like we earned it after so many tough right. years and so many shortcomings. Right, and my my son was made it a point my youngest son made it a point to be at the celebration he said that was one of the neatest things he's ever yeah. seen and he's followed the bucks since he was little he's I, i've been a bears fan since i was uh, it'll be 53 years this this fall so that's a long time do you have a prediction for week one before i let you go what, what are you feeling what, what's your sense for our I, upcoming matchup after last week if we if we play smart we should be able to beat you but i don't think it's going to be 31 to 30 i we we got eight sacks last week and four turnovers we we could put a nice stomping on you this time oh okay talk your talk your smack jeff i appreciate you i want to get to a couple callers before you take our next break so i'm gonna keep her moving but i appreciate you just know that and we'll talk again before thank we you for on. putting me on yeah of course it's jeff and lacrosse one of our bears correspondents two more calls and then we're going to take a break wisco sports show Welcome. Who's this? This is Hector. Hector in on Alaska, you son of a gun. What's going on? I'm Hector on my way back to Alaska from uh, Lambeau. Yo, you were at practice today? I was yesterday and today, yes, sir. Oh, what'd you see? Can you give us the latest? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, good news, Musgraves is legit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was kind of scoffing at some of the guys in my drafts that we've already done for fantasy that were taking them, and one guy took them in, like, the 10th round. Um, he's going to be good. I like him. Um, they had they put Deguara out wide a lot more. Um, interesting. Which was interesting to see. But Bold, given that he really stinks there. at catching footballs, but I, I appreciate it. That's creative from Matt LaFleur. Yeah, uh, Sean Clifford had, was running with the second unit, and uh, Musgrave, or not Musgrave, um, Deguara had a really nice block that opened up the uh, for Toure to take it down for a touchdown. It was a really easy, like, two-play drive. So that was yeah. cool to see uh, that they're utilizing Deguara in different ways because he, he's a good part of the team. I like him. There's also, you heard it here, first sleeper candidate of the year, they got this young guy, Malik Heath. Oh, yeah. You and Mike Clemens. Mike can't stop talking about Malik Heath. He loves this guy. As soon as I saw him yesterday, I couldn't. Like, I was always looking for him. The guys around me were probably annoyed with me. They kept saying, like, you might not even make the roster. Malarkey, Grant. You heard it here first. <laughs> He's not on that roster. He will be on someone else's immediately because he, he's got something. I like him a lot. 
Um, yeah, and the only other thing that I really noticed is I think Samari uh, Toure might be better than Romeo Dobbs. Interesting. Whoa, wait, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait a minute. I, I, my brain did not recognize what you said at first. Because I just want to make sure I heard you correct. Samari Toure better than Romeo Dobbs? Is that what you just said? I, I think I am fully on board with that statement, yes. Well, I don't know. We'll see. I love me some Samari Toure. That seems a little rich even for, for my blood. I'm, I'm the captain of the Toure hype train, but, man, I'm all right, Hector. All right. That's why I, I had to for sure write that one down to share because I was watching him a lot. He was running, of course, with the first team a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, I kind of was comparing them because they're similar in size and speed. But I like the way some uh, Toure kind of comes out of his break better. He seems to have taken quite a step. And he's spry, he's, you know. He's, he's spry. spry. I was yeah. going to say that word. Yeah, I don't um, – He's he looks good. I like him a lot. I think he, this is finally going to be the year where he's going to actually put some numbers up and be a big part of the offense. I like it. Hell, yeah. Well, drive safe, Hector. I'm going to get to one more call, and then i got to take a break. I'm woefully late here. Safe travels, Hector. Get back to on Alaska. The drive from the lacrosse area to Green Bay is kind of a bummy one. So enjoy the scenery. I hope it's nice over there. I saw it was raining in, or is it Milwaukee? I don't remember. I follow too many meteorologists on Twitter. One more call and we'll take a break. 608-321-1670. Wisco Sports Show, who's this? This is Affirmative Action, Pete. Hey, Pete, what's up? Uh, for, well, first, uh, I'd like to know, do you have any uh, comments about uh, your uh, competition, Ben Brust, and his, uh, let's let's say, less than professional antics in Green Bay. Uh, I mean, I look, he, you know, he's a competitor. They're on from four to six. I, you know, I don't need to tear down other radio shows to build mine up. It's not something I would have done. It's uh, he definitely got eyeballs on him. He got attention, but you know, a little childish. I think you used a good word. Well, you know, I, I mean, I like it that he's not a homer like some other people, you know. But sure. uh, I, I, I think what he did was really bush. I, I, I that was it just an incredible and also really disrespectful to uh, the the coach who'd never done anything to him. Uh, mm. The other thing I like to, I just want to make a comment about uh, uh, after losing five straight to Atlanta and uh, L.A. Uh, the the Dodgers. I, I don't think that uh, the Brewers are getting a a bite of the apple. It's more like a lick of the skin or a smell of the stem. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not a bite. Well, you've been a, a big baseball fan for a long time. Don't you think that the playoffs expanding, right? Because nobody used to get in, and now you know so many teams get in. I feel like making the playoffs means less than it used to. And if the Brewers are all in on just getting in, I I don't. I don't know if that means what they think it means. You know what I mean? Well, it means that people are still going to the games in September. True. I mean, before that, if somebody had a big lead like uh, Atlanta, you know, does, I, you know, no, nobody would be going anymore. And, and, and I mean, it, it's bad enough as it is with, uh, you know, you guys talking about football, you know, 12 months a year. But this way, you know, some people are still interested in uh, September. You know, I might even go see them play the Marlins. And I know when, when they play the Cubs, uh, the three-game series there, you know, I, you know, if I can get tickets, I'm going to go to that. So, you know. 
six dozen of a one half of another. That doesn't make them any better. Yeah. But you know that doesn't that doesn't mean that they're sniffing the apple, but uh, that they're going to actually win anything important. But you know it, it it still makes it relevant. Well, it depends. You know, if if you're a fan that just wants him to be in the mix for the playoffs and and you want to watch important baseball in September, that's great. There are some fans who are like, I just want a World Series. And if I got to be a loser for two years to to better my chances of winning a World Series, then I'll take it. It's kind of coming down to to what fans prefer. I want them to win a World Series. Probably need six to seven years to, you know, to build up a team for a World Series. (sighs) That is a daunting task. I understand why the Brewers don't want to do that. Well, Pete, I'm going to the Brewer game next Wednesday. Do you want a carpool? Brewers twins day game? Uh, No, but I can, you know, (laughs) we can meet somewhere. I'll be there. Oh, will you really? Yeah. Well, it's Senior Citizen Day. Oh really? Next Wednesday, Brewers Twins. Yeah, day games on day games on week 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 days. Uh, you know, day games are kids and senior citizen day. and get really you know get really great seats for half price. Well, maybe we'll talk next week. Uh, okay. And and just let me know where you're going to be. I'll keep an eye open for you. Maybe I I would like to meet you and shake your hand. I appreciate the call. Okay. Pete. Well, I'll be one of the few black people there. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Pete. Thank you for calling the show, Pete. I get a kick out of you. All right. We need to take a break. I am woefully late, as Bill would say. Five minutes and we're back on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show, I kind of like the format that we're settling into here. Intentional or unintentional, I feel like I'm, I'm getting a rhythm here. I start the show, let me talk for 15 minutes, kind of address the issues of the day. I wanted to say something about the Brewers, talk a little bit about the Bites of the Apple strategy. Then we open up the phones and we let folks get it out of their system for a bit. And then we kind of come back down to earth. I'm going to say a couple more things. I want to talk about the Packers kicking situation in a bit. Mike Clemens at 5.30, so Clemheads get ready. Did Cohn say it's a great day to be a Clemhead earlier? <laughs> the show is ridiculous. Mike Clemens coming up. Let's talk to Denny and Holman, 608-321-1670. Denny, what's going on today? Hey, Grant. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, great show. Thank you. Of course. What uh, do you think? Hey, what about that uh, The catcher's interference last night, those couple of times? I mean... You know, it, it just seems like one thing just kills them. You know, mm-hmm. it just multiplies, you know. And what happened with Weimer out in the field, too, and he missed that one, you know. It's like, come on, this stuff you got, this is, you got to make these plays, you know. The wise philosopher Luke Combs once said, yep. when it rains, it pours, and uh, it was... It was pouring. One, like you said, one thing snowballed into the next. The first catcher's interference and then another. By the way, there was some shady batting box maneuvering going on from J.D. Martinez. And I I know I'm a Brewers fan, and the Brewers didn't score at all, so like I don't really have grounds to stand on, but there's something going on there. But, yeah, the catcher's interference, they got frustrated, and then that, that I think, trickled out into the way they played in the field. Joey Weimer's been awesome in center this year. He just straight up missed it. Cost him two runs. he did. Yep, yeah, it did, it did, and you take those two runs, you know, I mean, what do you got, you know, and 
As far as your kicker, Carlson, yeah, I think you better you better go one eight hundred Crosby before another team swipes them away from you. So I think my opinion is kind of unpopular on the Packers kicking situation. I'm fine with their kicking situation being a little bit of a mess this year. If they think that he is going to develop into a great kicker, and you better be pretty confident in in, in that belief if you're going to let him stink throughout this year. Honestly, yeah. if they lose two games because of their kicker this year, Danny, I'm kind of okay with it. They're not going to win a Super Bowl anyways. This is a figure-it-out no. year. So you got to figure right. out the kicker position. It's just one of many positions on the list that they got to develop. Even even I was listening to Spectrum last night, and, and Crowley and Butler, and, and uh, they, they were on and stuff, and they were talking about the kicking. And he missed another two yesterday, you know, and it's like, man, oh, man. I mean, how many times can you just, you know, before his confidence really starts to, you know. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, when Crosby was in that funk, everybody said, well, he's just not following through. He's not, his head's not in the game, you know. Well, like I said, you haven't heard anything unless you hear 70-some thousand people at Lambeau boo you, you know. That's I mean, true. it's not very, very good, you yeah, know. It's not a good and, time. And I'm afraid, I really think that that they're going to sign another, if it's not Crosby, somebody in there to come and, and uh, you know, give them competition at least, I guess. You know? Yeah, I, I I wouldn't be totally surprised, Denny. And i got to keep her moving because i get another caller and, and we're coming up on 5 no o'clock. Problem. Appreciate you, though, Denny. Thanks. Great show. Take yeah, care. thank you. Have an awesome night. That's Denny and Holman. I think of the answer that Gudikins gave two, three, four weeks ago when he was asked by a certain Packers beat reporter, don't remember who it was, they asked him, hey, did you consider signing a veteran wide receiver this offseason because you got all these young guys? And Goody's like, no, because we have all these young guys. They got to play, right? They're going to get better by playing. So why would we bring in a Sammy Watkins, Devin Funches type to get into the way of that? And I'm like, yes, that's the approach we should have this year. There's going to be some lumps. There's going to be some ups and downs. But in the long run, that's what's best. And I believe that to be true for kicker as well. But, you know, having a crummy kicker for an entire I mean, 17 games with a crummy kicker, that's an eternity. So, you know, come back to me in week four or five if, if Anders Carlson really does suck. Maybe I'll change my tune. But I'm taking the long view. I'm taking the developmental approach, even at kicker. And it might look bad, but if they think they can find their kicker for the next 10-plus years... Because they are patient this year and they develop him, fine, sign me up. I don't care if it costs them a game or two. They just get a better draft pick. They keep building for next year and the year after and the year after. One more call, then we'll take our last break of the hour. 608-321-1670. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Hey, Grant. It's Corey. How you doing? Corey and Marshall. Corey, I talked to you earlier today when you called into Bill's show. What's going on? Yes, sir. Not too much. I'll go rapid fire here. First off, Brent Bust. Uh, he's dumb as a bag of hammers. He makes my alma mater look bad every time he opens his mouth because that, by like osmosis, makes my degree less whenever that guy talks because it's pretty painful. That's my opinion. You don't have to comment on it. I know it's your competition, but that's my opinion. The guy's dumb as a bag of hammers. So, next up, Brewers. I tend to agree with Peep. I also tend to kind of disagree with it on a, to a point. Mm-hmm. I think. They would be able to make the playoffs this year, but I think we're seeing, like, when they play Atlanta or the Dodgers, how much farther behind them they are. It's like a situation that they're just good enough to win this division. Yeah. Uh, 
but they'll be swept out in the divisions. Well, and I like I'm not so predicting think, or I'm not guaranteeing what's going to happen in the playoffs. You do truly never know, but we felt it last right. night. The last two nights, you're like, oh, Mookie Betts is now yeah. up. Oh, God, Freddie yeah. Freeman's at the back. It's just one great hitter after another, and Brewers fans are like, well, maybe Mark Canna will get hot tonight. Maybe he'll sneak one over the fence. It's just that it's not the same. The thing. Like with the Dodgers and the Braves, you're legitimately facing an all-star lineup. Yeah. Just about the whole way through the lineup. The Brewers do not have – well, let's just be honest. They do not, have an, do not have an all-star lineup. They barely got enough guys that are hitting over 200 on that squad. And it still bothers the mind, and Rowdy will mention it, they have not found a DH in four seasons of having a DH. Has it been four se- – oh, my God, it's been four years? Holy – Basically, I, I mean, it started in Midtown, right, 2020. One, two, three, four. This is season number four. <laughs> Call it that. What are they doing? I, I mean, they're doing oh, they're things. Doing, you got to hit. Well, what? They haven't found a first baseman since Prince Fielder. I guess we were the idiots to assume they were just going to, out of nowhere, find the DH long term. Obviously, that wasn't going to happen. I don't know why we ever thought otherwise. And uh, last point, Honors Carlson. Yeah. I guess I'm not as worried as the rest of the Packer fandom about that guy. Yeah, I'm not. Um, and I'm not as clamoring for Mason Crosby as everybody else is. I, I tend to look at things like there's a reason why Crosby hasn't been signed yet by anyone else is because... They probably figure a late 30s field goal kicker whose leg strength is starting to wane is not really necessarily what they want to bring in quite yet. Mm-hmm. Um, from what I understanding was is that Carlson's like field goal like percentage has been kind of dependent upon who the holder was. I'd be curious to see like a breakdown of like who's been holding for him for the ones he's missed versus the ones he's made. I know that's maybe kind of pedantic, but no. some of these guys, they have favorite holders versus ones they don't like. And, I mean, I want to see what his, like, his actual percentage is because he'll like make a bunch and then he'll miss one or two and everybody's like, the sky's falling. Well, Mason yeah. Crosby missed five in one game in Detroit. He had to take a pay cut one year. Yeah. People well, and, forget all that stuff. And that's Rich Bisacci's job, too, to keep track of all that stuff. I got to go because exactly. I got to get one more break in, Corey. Yep, I just looked at the clock. Have a good one. Yeah, Bye. you as well. I'm sorry. We got to take one more three-minute break. Wrap up hour number one of the Wisco Sports Show next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Rush Limbaugh special here. Only about 15 seconds before we got to run. Getting get an update from Zach Heilprin. I want to keep talking kickers, brewers, Mike Clemens in about a half hour. Stick around. Hour 2 Wisco Sports Show. Next. Jordan Love. I know you don't want to hear this. He is what I was told throughout the offseason I thought he would be. He's a game manager. There's no special there's no special there. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. I cherish every moment that I am on the radio with all of you and every call that we get to discuss the Brewers or the Packers and we're going to talk to Mike Clemens at 530. Oh, I cherish, cherish every moment and every word out of Mike Clemens' mouth. I, I do, but I'll be honest with you. I'm a little bit excited to leave work and go home tonight because I put pork butt in the slow cooker this morning. New recipe. I'm trying it out. 
What I do late at night when the Brewers have made me so angry I can't go to sleep is I watch Food Network videos. And I found this very interesting-looking recipe for pulled pork. You get the, the pork butt, and you dry rub. I think it was cumin, salt, and pepper. Very simple. And then you put that in the slow cooker. And then over the top, you mix salsa, cumin, and peanut butter. And I'm a peanut butter man, okay? You, you won't find very many people on this planet that enjoy peanut butter as much as me. I, I'll put peanut butter on anything. And I said, huh, salsa, peanut butter, cumin i gotta try this and i'm not a big meat guy but i did go to woodman's the other day i picked out a fat honking pork butt barely fit in the slow cooker part of me is concerned that it overflowed at some point during during the day or maybe it like blew up i'm always afraid when i leave something in the slow cooker during the day that it's gonna burn my apartment down but i did i bought a big fat big fat honking i almost said the f word uh, pork shoulder at woodman's the other morning i made a, a big mistake and i told ebo this on the morning show the other day I went to Woodman's and I filled my cart probably 60, 70. I think my final grocery bill was like 80 bucks. I had probably 60 or $70 worth of groceries in the cart and I realized that I forgot my wallet. So I go up to the register and I'm like, do you guys take Apple Pay? They're like, no. I'm like, so I, I took the cart to the back corner of the store and I parked it somewhere where it wasn't like in the way. And I crossed my fingers and I went back out to the parking lot, got in my car, drove back to my apartment. It was only like five minutes away. Came back, cart was still there, big pork shoulder and everything. So this pork shoulder has traveled quite a road to make it into my slow cooker and eventually later tonight into my belly. So I'm, I'm excited. Again, I cherish every moment I'm on the air and I cherish every opportunity we have to talk sports, uh, but I am excited to go home. I'm excited for six o'clock, but a lot of things to cover before we get to six o'clock on the Wisco Sports Show. You can call 608-321-1670. We talked with Corey and Marshall. And Jeff in lacrosse, Pete from Monona, Affirmative Action Pete, which is a nickname I very much enjoy. We talked with Hector Non-Alaska, Cone Roller, Badger Bloody, Denny and Holman. And geez, we took, I'm counting on two hands now. And some folks say this show doesn't take calls. We're, we're beating the stigma of being an anti-caller show. A couple things this show doesn't do. Uh, we don't ignore calls, and we don't go pull stunts at Packers training camp. <laughs> it's just... It's not something that we do, mostly because, honestly, Green Bay is like more than two hours away. That just seems like a lot of it would be a lot of work to go to Green Bay just to pull a stunt. Like, I don't mind driving. I, I, I like my Toyota, a very comfortable old man car. But Green Bay, that's, that's a lot of driving just to wear an Aaron Rodgers jersey and to pull a stunt like that. I'm on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. Packers kicker. That's the story of the day. I was listening to the morning show on WOZN, which I guess technically is this show's flagship. And I was listening to the last half hour or so, and Ebo had Rob Reichel on. And I will tip the cap of my coworker uh, and blow a little smoke up his butt. And I told him this this morning. There are few host-guest combos in Wisconsin sports radio that I have heard that are as good as Rob Reichel and Ebo. Those two go together like... Like pork butt and peanut butter, I hope, because that's what I'm having for dinner. Like they rock together. And on my drive in, I was listening to those two and they're going back and forth on kicker. And I'm thinking, ah, my day today is going to be a lot of Anders Carlson. And I brought it up on, on Bill's show around 1015. And I'm not kidding. Uh, in my, my brief, albeit brief time of producing the Bill Michael show, I've never seen the phones light up like they did today. Just over and over. Now, I'll, here, I'll role play what my afternoon was like from 10 to 2. I'm sitting here and, you know, and Bill, Bill's, you know, talking and, and saying, oh, this and that, and Mike Clement's coming up, and 
you know, our friends at Quick Trip. Thanks for, you know, he's doing the Bill Michaels thing, and I'm back here in studio, phone rings. Bill Michaels show, who's this? Yeah, it's Dick Briscoe. Dick Briscoe and Babcock. Like Eric on any. I want to talk about the kicker. Okay, I'll put you on hold. I'll let Bill know that you're waiting. Phone ring. Bill Michael show, who's this? Yeah, this is uh, this is this is Chad up in uh, in Sun Prairie. I want to talk Anders Carlson. All right, I'll put you on hold. It was one after another. Crosby this, Carlson that, veteran kicker this. And there were some people that were like, hey, he shouldn't even be on the team anymore. The only reason he's there is because of Gutekind's ego. He can't bring himself to get rid of one of his own draft picks. Like, it was a four-hour kicker special on the Bill Michaels show today. So this is something that Packers fans are are very much thinking about right now. My two cents, and then we're going to get back to the phones. We got jammed up phones. I don't know if they want to talk about the kicker or slow cooker recipes or whatever. All I want to say, this Packers season is not last year or the year before or the year before. For the last 30 years, it's been Super Bowl or bust. And anything that harms the chances of a Super Bowl, you got to fix. I mean, unless it's the defense or the defensive line or wide receiver two or it's special teams coordinator. Anything other than those things, the Packers would work quickly to address to make sure that, that there was no disadvantage that got in the way of winning a Super Bowl. This year is not that. This year is a year to let young guys play, to let young guys develop, to find the wide receiver of the future or the offensive lineman of the future, the kicker of the future. This year, the Packers are going to be more patient. And if Anders Carlson has a really bumpy, rocky year, but Matt LaFleur and, and Brian Gutekunst and Rick Bisaccia think this guy can be the kicker of the future, it's just going to take some time, I'm good. Sign me up for it. Even if it makes us want to pull our hair out sometimes. If it's good in the long run, then, then it's good. Then I'm okay with it. Okay? I don't want them to just go get a veteran kicker to come in to be fine this year when the team's not even contending for a Super Bowl. That I, I, I want to develop the players of the future. And Anders Carlson based on what it seems the Packers think of him, and they must have because they drafted him and Rick Passaccio wanted him, they must think he's capable of being the guy of the future. So work on that this year, even if it's ugly. I'm fine with it. I truly am. If it costs them a game, I'm fine with it. I'll be pissed in the moment, but I will know as a Packers owner because I, I have a big-picture perspective that a lot of Packer fans don't have who, who don't own that piece of stock. And I know that it'll be good in the long run. 608 321 Going to bang through some of these calls a little bit more quickly because there are so many, so I apologize, but... Um, line number one. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Hello? All right. Line number one. Hot take. A little too spicy and hot for the air. Line number two, Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Hey, Grant. Can you hear me? Yo, yeah, I got you loud and clear. Clem had Mike in Chippewa Falls. What's going on? Yeah, Clem had Mike. Sorry, I was cutting out there for a while, uh. You know I'm a Clemhead because I have my name legally changed to Clemhead Mike from Chippewa Falls. So. You changed your birth certificate and everything, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I, I was just, you know, I'm, I'm not to worry about the kicker. I'm with you. It's it's still early. It's still freaking training camp. Let's put things in perspective here. But um, you had a Bears fan call earlier, and it, it's been 37 years since they won the Super Bowl. And I was thinking how we used to lament the fact that we went 29 years from 67 to 96. And just think how the Lions fans, 1957, Vikings, 1976 NFC championships. We we don't have as bad as they think we do. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, yeah, if you look at historically, we're we're the best in the division. We've won more championships than any team, and um, so I'm not and I'm not going to be, be worried about one player in training camp. Well, kicker, well, and, and that's that's what I'm worried is. I think Packers fans, for the first time in forever, we don't have an amazing quarterback, and for the first time in a long time, we don't have a really good kicker. 
and I want Packers fans to keep their head when we get to the season and Anders Carlson misses a kick or Jordan Love makes a rookie mistake. Well, he's been in the league for three years. Yeah, I know, but it's his first year as a starter. We got to keep our head and and we got to keep calm. And I think that's going to be hard for some Packers fans. It'll probably be hard for me. Yeah, you well, you and I always preach patience on these things. So let's uh, just give it a chance. They'll work something out. I'm, I'm not worried. And uh, it's too, it, after one preseason game, it's just, let's, let's just take a deep breath and, and look ahead. It'll be fine. Oh, I like that, Mike. I like that. I appreciate that. And because we have jammed up phone lines, Mike, I'm going to move on. Yep. I'm sorry, but Absolutely. I appreciate you. You know that. All right. Thanks. Yeah, I appreciate you too. Bye. Clemhead Mike in Chippewa Falls did legally change his name. God, we, we do love our Mike Clemens. All right, Wisco Sports Show. Welcome. Who's this? Grant, Ed. What's going on, Ed? Long time, no talk. I, I, took, a, I took a hiatus. Well, I was going to say that, but I stopped myself because I feel like I say that to a lot of callers, and I should I should stop. That's, a, that's what we call in the radio business a crutch, and i got to stop saying that when callers call in. But I'm happy to hear from you. I know it's been a little bit, Ed, so welcome back. Yeah, well, it's been kind of rough. Um, I actually cannot... I just cannot watch Brewer games right now. I'm just a little. It's. Uh, I don't like the late games for one. Mm-hmm. I, I I just kind of check in here and there. Uh, I saw I saw your uh, hotel your motel hotel six digs <laughs> where you live. You think my bedroom looks my like a motel? Wait a minute. You, you think my bedroom looks like a motel six? I don't know. I'm teasing. I, you need my wife to come over and give you some uh, pointers. You know, I, 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 I like uncluttered living spaces. Is that is that so wild to everyone? I don't like clutter. Well, you look kind of sad all alone like that watching a brewer thing. Well, they were getting you shelled. To invite some friends. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> invite some friends into my bedroom, Ed. Yeah, that, that would make for a more normal picture well, on social well, media. No, I mean, well, put some chairs in there, maybe a bench, and we could all watch the game. And, right. Hey, you know, put some, maybe put a banner up or something or... Or you know, you know, just get the get the place a little pizzazz. It, it looks lonely. Well, it's my bedroom. My living room. There are decorations in my living room. Do, do I need to post a full walkthrough of my home and put it on social media? I think I might need to. <laughs> uh, well, listen. Um, to get to get real about sports, um, I'm just hopeful. I'm just hopeful we can win one game against the Dodgers. Uh, we got. We can't let the Cubs think that they're still got a chance to win the division. It's getting it's just kind of sad. Uh, it's hard one for me to swallow right now. And, and they're giving every opportunity to take over the, the league, and they just can't seem. Timing is everything. Playing tough teams. The Brewers are probably like the toughest schedule in a while. You know, Braves, now they're going to go to Texas. It's going to be a tough one. It's going to be a tough week for the boys, for our boys in Brew, Ed. And I, have you been seeing Gasper? What's he been telling you? I, I imagine if you've struggled to watch Brewer games, then Gasper hasn't been making you feel much better. I know he hasn't, and he's been quite angry about the Brewers. Um, he's quite, you know, disheartened over the fact he just says they're just not a good team right now. That's his take. They're just not good. Um, they're hitting, as everybody is. listen to your show, you, you about as insightful as it comes, it's atrocious. Um, they're hitting is just, and we got two guys they're hitting right now. It's the two free agents they picked up. Yelich is taking a, a snooze. He's just, he's kind of falling off a little bit. So, not not opportun- opportunistic. That's for darn sure. Yeah. But uh, Yelich is not know, in he, a great August. I was looking at some numbers earlier no. today. His exit velocity's gone down. Just some of the yeah. numbers have kind of tailed off. Which, by the way, Ed, we talked about, you know, about a month or two ago when we said, hey, if Yelich and Contreras 
ever cool off. This is going to be tough. It is. Um, we just need to uh, hope we can um, weather this storm and through it, and hopefully the Cubs and the Reds can keep maybe just barely treading water, and maybe it'll all balance out. Um, but, um, no, I'm, I'm going to be optimistic, and he is too. He is. Um, he's working hard, hard and working out hard, and um, I'll say hi to you. i say hi to him for you when I see him next week. Appreciate that, Ed. Have a good one. Nice to hear right. from you. You too, Bob. Ed in Madison, weightlifting partner of David Gasper. One could say that Ed is the Matt Bush to David Gasper's Gus Varland. Imagine saying that to someone who's never listened to the show before. They'd be like, what is... Speaking of things that I don't even know what to do with, uh, Luis Urias, I'm seeing on Twitter, just hit his first career Grand Slam. So that's nice. Glad he's succeeding out in Boston, one of my least favorite brewers I've watched in the last couple of years. And I met him once. He was a nice guy. Uh, I met him not at the ballpark. Or People forget I did cover the team at spring training. Luis Urias was not there. I believe he might have been playing for Team Mexico in the World Baseball Classic. Whatever, he wasn't there. Uh, I have a friend or, or someone I know, I'll try to be as vague as possible, who lived in an apartment building in Milwaukee where Luis Urias also lived. Uh, and we bumped into him in the lobby one time. Nicest guy you'll ever meet. Just smaller than sin. Absolutely tiny. Uh, nice enough guy. Nothing against him personally. It's just Luis Urias, the baseball player, made me want to cave my skull in with a hammer. And that's, you know, I have to be fair and, and unbiased as a sports radio host. That's how I feel about Luis Urias. Glad to see he hit a grand slam today. Good for him. Thrilled. Beyond thrilled for the guy. 608-321-1670. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Hey, this is Wiz Texan. Wiz, now you know where I'm, where, where I'm at, and where I'm from. Yeah, aka your favorite Texan in lacrosse. What's Mike going? Byers. What's going on, Mike? How you doing? Good, good. Hey, before I forget, before I get on the sports, are are you in Madison now? Did you move away from lovely, lively lacrosse? I am, and it's a bummer. I will be back in lacrosse tomorrow for a lot of high school football stuff, though. So I, I, oh yeah, you know, these days, you know, these days people work from home, they work remotely. Yep. You know, we're, yep. we're spread more thin than ever. We're more connected than ever. But yet, sometimes, Mike, we feel more alone than ever. It's, it's, it's a strange <laughs> time in which we live. I'm not trying to be dramatic. Indeed, it is. Yeah. Hey, speaking of dramatic, man, I can't wait for football season, both college and NFL. I mean, we got all the. The uncertainties with the Packers, we've, we're, everybody's curious what, you know, love him or hate him or curious what Rodgers is going to do. And, and the whole Jets team mm-hmm. is, is Dak Prescott in Dallas, my, my other team, going to, you know, finally uh, uh, achieve something in, in uh, the postseason. What about the, the Ram, uh, 49ers? How good are they going to be? You know, just on and on. There's a lot of great storylines. And then um, college football, man, it's, uh, I'm psyched. Got a notice today that my company's annual badger outing is going to be for the Ohio State game. Oh, lucky you. That's a night uh, game, right? Uh, no time yet, but it's expected to be a night game. So, oh, my gosh, how awesome would it be if they both go into that game undefeated? That would just be Ooh, huge. Talk dirty to me, Mike. That would be great. <laughs> That's a game that I might have to go to. I like going down – you know, around Regent Street and down by the stadium and partying before the game and then watching a game at the bar. I don't need to always be in the stadium for the game. It gets a little long for me. My butt gets a little sore. That might be a game that it would be special to be in the stadium. That The Ohio State game might be one that I need to circle and try to get yeah, a seat for. It's, it's on the 28th of October, a.k.a. 
Saturday before Halloween, State Street, Madison. Is that Freak Fest weekend or then Freak? Will Freak Fest be the next weekend? How does that line up? Do you know? Oh, don't know. I've never necessarily been there for that that I recall. I did go to an Ohio State game years ago. It was probably 86 or 87. My buddy at work uh, was a Badger. And so I went down to a game with him. This is back when Badgers were on the, you know, two and nine record every year or whatever. And Ohio State comes into town ranked number, I don't know, top five. I think they were undefeated. And the Badgers um, uh, carried them to a tie. It was like 15-15 or 16-16 or some kind of crazy score. <laughs> they tore the tore – the, uh, uh, goalposts down and just yeah. went nuts and everything. And my buddy goes, look at what they're doing there. He goes, can you imagine if they actually beat them and had a winning team? Can <laughs> you imagine know? if they actually won? <laughs> yeah, my so God. I'll, uh, I'll give you a question I'll, and I'll take the answer off air. All right. And I'm curious if you've spoken about this on uh, Wisco Sports Show or Bill Michaels. Has the whole truism changed on – Offense wins games and defense wins championships. Is that is that flipped? Are we saying at least in the NFL that that's officially not the case anymore? Sure, sure is sounding more and more like it, huh? You look at the yeah the stats stats for the KC Chiefs um, um, Super Bowls. I mean, they're not top defense well yeah the eagles and the chiefs last year are really good examples of this, and I I do want to talk about that. I'm going to take a break first, and then we can talk about that coming back. Sounds good. Good talking to you, man. Yeah, you as well. It's Mike in lacrosse, West Texan. Uh, Mike, I didn't mean to put you on the spot there, but I do need to know which weekend that Freak Fest is because normally I'm not a big Halloween guy, but this year I am. I actually ordered my Halloween costume last night. It's a clown suit because this year for Halloween, I am going to go dressed as Ben Brust. Uh, three minutes, we'll come back and talk Packers defense next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I'm on Twitter at Wisco Grant. I want to make something abundantly clear. I tweeted about Luis Urias. Because I saw a tweet saying he just hit his first career grand slam for the Red Sox. I believe they're playing the Nationals. And I tweeted a a gif, a gif, you know, no matter what side you're on, I want to be all inclusive. Gif, gif, doesn't matter. I tweeted a a gif of of Drake frustratingly looking at his phone. And I just want to be clear, this is not a a gif slash gif indicating that I miss Luis Urias. I'd almost just as soon see the Brewers relocate than reacquire Luis Urias. I am... Thank God every day when I wake up that he's still not on this team. I just feel like right now is not a great time to be the Brewers. A lot of bad, batted ball luck last night Um, on both sides. Like a lot of really good batted ball luck for the Dodgers. A lot of really bad batted ball luck for the Brewers. But then again, you know, the Dodgers bat the ball. That's part of batted ball luck is batting the ball. And when the Brewers strike out as much as they do and just fail to put together good competitive at bats, well... You know, it is the same with Tom Brady. You know, I would say for years, and I still do because I think it's true, Tom Brady got really lucky in the postseason a lot. But Tom Brady also put himself and his team in position to get lucky. 
You know what I mean? Like they were in good spots, advantageous spots, and then they were able to take advantage of some good luck. I think Brady still got a lot luckier than a lot of quarterbacks that I've watched. But, hey, I will give him credit in that he put his team in position to uh, take advantage of that good luck. If the Brewers want some batted ball luck, then bat the ball. Put the ball in play. Don't strike out so much. And that's basically what Craig Council said last night. And I could pull up the audio. Uh, We're basically just waiting until Mike Clemens gets here in about five minutes because he's really the star of the show on Tuesdays and Thursdays. But Craig Council was asked about being a little unlucky last night and about, oh, two catchers interference for the the Dodgers. What do you think? And he's like, well, we scored one run. Stuff is kind of secondary here. Let me see if uh, if I can find that comment mixed somewhere within his press conference. Soft contact for them producing results, loud contact for you not. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's been a series where they've found some holes with the ground balls for sure. Um, and, uh, you know, that you're, you're going to have moments in a 162-game season like that. Um, you know, it's tough to control all that. Um you know, we, I thought we did a decent job against Kershaw. Had some good swings. Um, I'll co-sign that. Didn't get I think a ball that's true. Drop to kind of create a big opportunity. Um, and then, um, you know, then their bullpen shut us down pretty good. And, and nothing Marlin. after that. It's just really difficult to 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 wrap my arms around a game last night where it's like, well, William Contreras got on because he got hit by a pitch. Oh, we got a rally going. And, you know, the next guy, I think it was Carlos Santana, lines out to first base, instant double play. It's hard for me to whine about that bad luck when then the other half of the inning, here comes Mookie Betts, here comes Freddie Freeman. It's like, Jesus, these two guys again? I mean, they're just, they're in a different stratosphere than the Brewers, at least offensively. How much of that is, you know, Mookie and Freddie at the top of the uh, Sophia, and great minds think alike. Great question. Yeah, I mean, those, look, those are always going to be tough players to stop. Um... And uh, keeping them off base is, you know, when they're on base as much as they were tonight, it's, it's going to be tough to keep runs off the board. Two catchers' interference uh, in back-to-back at pass with the same guy. That's going to be pretty rare. Does, is, is there something Contreras needs to do differently there? Or do you think Martinez was in the box? Or what did you see on, on those? Yeah, I mean, I think... Um, you know, it's it's a, it's a fine line because the, the catcher... Um, you know, frankly, we want our catchers as close to the hitter as you can. That it helps with receiving. Um, so, you know, you know, unfortunately, it, it was just the way Martinez swings um, kind of produced those tonight. Did you just think he was in the box? I don't know. I, I, I think he, you know, I think he's in the back of the box. Um, it's close. I mean, you're not gonna you're not gonna get a big difference. Can you point to either of those as game-changing? Because I think one would have been a third out. Well, we scored one run. (laughs) Okay. I will never stop supporting Craig. I don't don't care. I I know he's he's been snippy at reporters this year. I... (laughs) There has never been a coach or a manager or someone who speaks to the media routinely about games that I agree with as often as I agree with Craig Council. And I know it's not what fans always want to hear, but guess what? If you make a baseball manager speak to the media three times a day, a lot of times he's going to be like, look, it's a 162 game season. It didn't go well today. What do you want? What do you want from me? What do you want me to say? We had bad luck today. It's a massive season. We're going to get unlucky some games. (laughs) Do you think? 
<laughs> Do you think the catcher's interference changed the outcome of the game? We scored one run, he says. Yeah, yeah. Maybe if not for those catcher interferences, Andrew Monasterio might have made have done something better at the plate. Man, I love Craig Council. I will always love Craig Council. I really hope he keeps managing the team past this year. But I don't know. I watch these games and I they pan to him in the dugout and he just looks like he needs a cigarette. He does not look like he's having a great time these days. I and mean, he's making good money. He's managing the big leagues. I'm, I'm talking about him like he's miserable. He's not. But these have been some stressful games. And then to go to the media and be like, well, what about that one catcher's interference? My brother in Christ, we scored a run against the Dodgers. We're arguing about small little finite details here. 608-321-1670. I'm on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. Mike Clements, going to join us next. Clemens, Clemens, Clemens. A lot of fights today at Packers practice and some more missed kicks. I can't think of a better man to give us the lowdown. Mike Clemens joins us next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. sounded like on the sideline today a lot of fights today's Packers joint practice Patriots in town is very testy Mike Clements is here to break it down with us Mike I saw uh, varying numbers on Twitter somewhere around five six seven different fights broke out today wild day up in Green Bay and I kind of lost count after five now first of all let me tell you God this is a great job I mean standing out there <laughs> A little bit of wind, some sun. These dudes are taking off on each other, and there's there's already been like two fights, and then and then you got Bill Belichick pulling guys aside, pulling his team team huddle in the middle of this two and a half hour practice, and telling his players, "Look, you knuckleheads, the stuff that you're doing here, this will get you ejected from a game." Okay, yeah. and what do we talk about? You know, when you practice like you're in a game, so. You know, I watch, and he told them last night. He he ripped into the Patriots last night because they were kind of flat. You know, the Packers pretty much won the scrimmage yesterday, mm-hmm. so he's getting the energy that he wants. One of the guys that's out there is Jalen Mills. He's wearing now number two. Jalen is a guy I think out of LSU. I remember he was in the back end of the secondary of the Eagles. Yep. When they won the Super Bowl, when they beat the Patriots, right? Uh, and uh, he Rasul Rasul Douglas was one of the, was teammates there, but uh, Mills then got picked up by Belichick about a year ago. By the way, I got a picture I'm going to post later of Elliot Wolf talking to Bill Belichick. Oh, Isn't really? That wild? Really? Yeah, because all those years, everybody thought you know that Ted Thompson was so grateful for Ron Wolf bringing him in 30 years ago as a scout. And that this thirteen-year-old kid was hanging around, and would help Ted set up the board for Ron Wolf, and Ted was bringing along Elliot Wolf all those years to be his successor. Except Ted got sick, 
and Mark Murphy stepped in and said, no, we'll be making the decision. Yeah. And he hired Gudikins instead of Elliott, and, of course, Elliott went on to other teams. Well, now there's Elliott standing next to Belichick. Hey, here's another flash thought. I, I think the Packers could have hired Belichick instead of Mike Sherman. Back in the day, oh, man, you'd have to go back and look. I bet you could find some crazy uh, coaching hypotheticals. You know, Sean Payton and Mike McCarthy is everyone's favorite, but I've never went back and looked at the Mike Sherman hiring cycle. No, I remember Sean Payton interviewing along with and, – and Brad Childress was going to interview, mm-hmm. but, you know, he got fogged in up in Minneapolis. Childy. Yeah, you know, because of the airports. Well, and, but and I think I think I think Bill Belichick went Cleveland Browns, then got fired as the Browns were moving to Baltimore. Then I think he was worked with the Jets, and I think when Ray Rhodes, you know, stunk it up in '99, that they could have gotten Belichick instead of Mike Sherman. But anyway, um, those two were standing out there in the field together. So now Belichick has gone to his guys and said, "Knock it off." And LaFleur was doing the same thing on the other end of the field. The very next play, Aaron uh, 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 Jordan Love lines up, throws a ball to the right hand side, uh, to the right flats to Aaron Jones, who catches it and turns up field. And this number two, Jalen Mills, jacks him. And then uh, th- th- these two start fighting, and now we've we've got our third fight for the day. So even though Aaron Jones did a bunch of media yesterday, he was nice enough to me where I went to him. I said, you know. I, Right after Belichick talked to these guys, this guy is still jacking you around. Tell me what happened on the play. Today was supposed to be thud, but how are you? You can't thud anybody from the back. And I was like cutting, and I was on one leg, so I got pushed in the back and go over there and like, hey, this is not what we're going to be doing. Uh, yeah. That wasn't a clean play. We're going to yeah. be playing clean po- football. We're going to be professionals, and let's keep it at that. So you went for clarification, then he comes back and starts jacking you. I mean, I, I did give him a shove. I said that and just starts jacking and kept jacking the whole time. I, I love how, Mike, you asked him, so you just wanted clarification. And Aaron Jones says, well, you know, if we're, if we're being truthful, I mean, I, I was giving it to him back. But it's it's funny because to the untrained eye or to someone who hasn't been a part of a team, you know, we think, well, they're out there hitting today. But there is this maybe not unspoken way of doing it, but there are these parameters of we're going to hit and we're going to tackle in practice, but we're going to go about it a, a certain way. And that seemed to be a little bit of an issue between the Patriots and the Packers today. Yeah. Thud is something that coaches have said, you know, since high school, like I want you guys to, it's 75%. Yep. I want you to use your pads, you know, knock them a little bit, wrap up, show that you could stop the play, but don't take your teammate or in this case, you know, your guests (laughs) to the ground, you know, get physical, but but don't deplete. People should not be leaving their feet. That's the basic bottom line. Now, Elton Jenkins got into a couple of fights last week with the Bengals. Elton Jenkins is this great left guard you've got right now out of Mississippi, about five years now. He is a a lunch pail kind of guy. He is so highly respected for his work ethic, for what he does in the weight room, what he does on the football field. But, you know, he had enough with the Bengals and started slapping them around last week. And so I went to Elton. I said, you know, how, 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 what are these coaches? These coaches must be saying to these guys, stop, stop this. this you're going to get ejected from a game from this. How do these players react even though the coaches are telling them that? Yeah, um, one of the emphases was not fighting out there. So, you know, um, you always try to calm things down. But, you know, sometimes things get out of hand and, you got to regulate the situation. So, but you know, we always just try to keep each other calm and cool, collective. Um, 
to a certain point. These, these are what these pressures for. You know, you're going against other guys, so it always kind of get chippy out there at times. Just like I say, it's football, you know, um, and there is no consequences to the things going on. So you gotta just you gotta have your head on the swivel. I won't say things got out of hand. It was a good practice, you know. Everybody came out with effort, us and them as well. So those things happen. Mike, tell us about Elton Jenkins because I think pound for pound, he's probably one of the Packers' best players. Uh, he's been there a couple of years, and now he's one of the the leaders or the older players, one of the vets on this team. And I remember when he was a rookie, Aaron Rodgers called him Elgie or Elty or something. And, and we reached a point in year two where he told Rodgers, no, 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 it's it's Elton. So I think there's been this progression of, of Elton Jenkins as more of a stern, firm voice. Have you seen that progression, and have you seen him take another step this year? Yeah, and I, I don't know, it'd be kind of cool to – check these guys out, the offensive line of the Packers on a Thursday night when they go out to eat, just to see if Elton is quiet, you know, and a, and a listener to these guys. Mm-hmm. But he's just, he is one of those imposing guys that when he looks you in the eyes, that, that kind of says it all, you know, sure. the way he leads that way. Now there's another player, A.J. Dillon, out of Boston College and is very popular. He's made himself, you know, so entrenched in Wisconsin and Door County and all that stuff, and he's Quadzilla. He's really built. But um, I don't care if you're Quadzilla or not. If you're carrying the football, you get tripped up, you're down on the ground, and now you've got maybe 25 players, both Packers and Patriots, on this practice field mixing it up, and you're on your back like a turtle. You know, you, you start thinking, oh man, I got to get the hell out of here, or I'm going to have an, ample, an ankle snap or, mm-hmm. or something bad's going to happen out of this. Well, he was in in that predicament in one of these uh, dust-ups today. And so, but, you know, when I asked him to comment, he said, you know, look, man, it's it's camp and fights are going to happen. Football's a physical game. It's tough. Sometimes it's tough between the lines to kind of see what's what. My focus is on our guys, our, our focus is on our guys. And in instances where our guys are getting pushed down or whatever, like, that's my entire focus. Say, hey, like, let's make sure we're good. Let's try to, you know, lock back in and recalibrate. Well, there's a lot of frustration, I would assume, from the Patriots yesterday. The last two days, very yin and yang. Yesterday was all Packers. They were moving the ball. The Patriots' offense could do nothing against Joe Barry and his defense. And then today it was the opposite. So maybe it was just two days of frustration. One team yesterday, one team today, and then it's it's coming to blows. Plus, we're getting to the point, Mike, in training camp, and you can speak more to this, where the novelty of being back in camp and the excitement of being back has probably worn off a little bit, and these guys are probably ready to be done practicing and ready to be playing in real games. I bet that's wearing on them too, right? Yeah, to me, Grant, you know, if you're a player, it's like, I, you know, I have to be perfect every day. I'm being graded every day. Yeah. And even if we don't have practice tomorrow, I've got to take some pop quiz on – if I reacted or, or am I interpreting the tape right? Have I studied the tape that we were supposed to study overnight, the homework assignment, that kind of thing? However, though, for me, this is the important week because this is preseason game number two out of three. And if you're one of those, you know, second team to third team guys and, you know, you're, you're, you're a bubble guy, you, you pretty much can tell where you are the way the coaches want you to line up when you go through the drills and, and the, the discussions they have inside those meeting rooms. You're just like, God, what have, what have I got to do now? Well, you know, create a turnover, score a touchdown. What have I got to do to crack through to maybe at least make practice squad or all that? This is the week. Two practices against the Patriots and then this game on Saturday night because after that, 
then it'll be determined how many snaps you get in the very last game. And if you if you if you don't show up, you're going to be forgotten about in the last preseason game. Mm-hmm. So uh, so that's what the feel of, of the schedule is to me right now. But you know, Zappy, the, the backup quarterback, he was hot today. He threw one. I think it went 50 yards uh, to Parker, his wide receiver. Yep. It was a beautiful touchdown down there at the pylon. I think, and I think he beat Rasul Douglas on that play. As a matter of fact, the next thing that was great about this practice today, then, is that after some of these heated skirmishes and fights and four or five of them, all of a sudden, the clouds roll over and we get rain, and we're standing out there in the rain for about 20 minutes. But they kept going. You know, Lafleur said, "Come on, just roll it. Let's keep going." Football. And they're doing running plays and they're doing scrimmages, and. I'm getting wet, but, man, I'm just loving it. Football in a summer rain, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Just the best. And it kind of got the players to focus and stop slapping each other around and start playing football, and you saw some pretty good plays. And the Patriots, they must have gotten chewed out by Belichick last night because they played a lot better this afternoon, a lot more focused, and they got the upper hand. So then I went to Quay Walker. Uh, in the Packers locker room, inside linebacker. Of course, here's a guy who got baited a couple of times and ejected in games last year. And I talked to him about this battle, what he's seeing in the Packers' backfield. After Aaron Jones, after A.J. Dillon, you've had this Tyler Goodson, who's they had in four or five returns, kickoff returns against the Bengals. Um, he's had made, done some great things showing his speed with jet speed. But after the Bengals game, I saw him on the sidelines with his arm in a sling, some kind of an elbow injury. Mm-hmm. And then there's Patrick Taylor, is more of a fullback type. He's made the team the last couple of years. A.J. Dillon, you know, and some of these other guys, Emmanuel Wilson, who cracked one for 80 yards. I asked, I asked Quay Walker, what's it look like with this Packers running backfield? He gave you a lot of trouble because he's most shifty. He can really run routes. Out of all of them, I'd say he's probably the best one to me challenging than when it comes to running routes because he's just so shifty and everything like that. So he can get in and out of his breaks and everything like that. So he's a pretty good route runner. All of them, uh, Patrick, PT, all of them are good backs. Uh, whether it's come down to pass pro, whether it's come to them getting open and running routes as well. I think AJ is doing a real, real, real good job in expanding his game and, you know, buying in and the play pass and everything like that. So all of them doing a well job. They need a third back. And I've talked about this with some callers. Mike Clemens joining us. We've talked about this on Bill's show, too. You know, how many running backs are they going to keep? I mean, they got to keep three. I remember one year they only kept Starks and Lacey, and that was a catastrophe. Then they're shifting rookie Ty Montgomery at the time to play running back, and you just need a third guy. They all seem to offer something slightly different. Quay Walker seems to like them all. What do you see, Mike? Do you think one of these players makes more sense as a third running back than, than the others? Last year, there was quite a while where they only had Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon on the 53-man mm-hmm. on the roster. And then, you know, you would bring in Patrick Taylor to play uh, special teams and maybe get a couple of carries or whatever. But that was... You had, you, you cor- had Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, but they were... Was last year or was it the year before where they were expecting Kylan Hill to be back at some point? Maybe... Yes, that's okay. it. That's correct. Yeah. yeah that's correct. So, uh, okay, and this cool. year, though... Um, I know, man, you know, we're talking about now when you start getting to the fifth, sixth, and seventh receiver, even though they're all young and kids, um, it's like, man, you don't want to say goodbye to any of these guys. Agreed. And you're worried, you know, which ones you can 
hide on on the depth chart, like this Malik Keith we've talked about, Bo Melton is hurt. These are all you know guys that are after your draft picks. If you go Watson, Dobbs, uh, Torre, uh, and this Wicks, Daytonian Wicks, who has been drafted this spring, he's been popping up. Grant uh, Bosey, uh, he's he's was out most of the spring with a back injury. Uh, he's got some speed. So there's there's plenty of good candidates uh, for wide receiver that are all seem to be doing a good job uh, holding on, uh, catching the football. But um, I, I talked to Elton Jenkins today about offensive line, like why were they using John Runyon as a center for so many series? It's like they're trying to find all kinds of ways to get Zach Tom on the field or they're preparing for the worst that David Bakhtiari is you know, not going to be able to play because he's got problems with the knee. Sure. I believe Bakhtiari was out there today uh, with most of the snaps of the first team. I was watching, trying to watch more of the defense today. You know, they do that two-spot where your first-team defense is at one end of the field and, you know, your first-team offense is at the other end. It was interesting that Belichick was not watching his defense. He was watching his offense. He knows his real problems is, is with his offense. So the next story, you know, as I mentioned earlier today on Bill's show is – is the buzz is like, you know, no one has separated themselves uh, at, at safety alongside Darnold Savage. Mm-hmm. Maybe they move Rasul Douglas back there. And Rasul says, yeah, he's, he's open to it. And even LaFleur said could be a possibility. And then on special teams, it's the place kicker. It's Anders Carlson who kicked the worst field goal attempt, I know for a fact, in all the years I've been doing this. It was horrible. It was horrible. And it was... It wasn't that far out, and there was a little bit of wind, and this, this ball floated. It never went end over end. It started to go sideways. It just flopped and landed at the 12-yard line. That's how bad of a kick it was from this kid who's six foot five and drafted to replace Mason Crosby. And it's you know the the problem is is that there's the guy gives you zero confidence that he can connect right now with a PAT, yeah. much less, you know, a game winner from 51. And while Floor was asked about it today, he was just very di- diplomatic. He said, yeah, I, he says, it wasn't the win. It was a missed kick, he said, uh, but uh, because he's got too good of a leg. He's got too strong yep. of a leg, which means he's not connecting. He's, yeah. he's, he's missed striking the ball, and he's got something wrong in his head. Hmm. I guess that that's on Rich Bisacci now to figure it out. And as I told Bill Michaels earlier today, Mike, I, I think after you joined us, I said it's on Matt Lafleur to to kind of smooth things over. As the entire team watches Carlson miss kick after kick, that's the job of a head coach to say, "No, this is our guy. We believe in him. We're all pulling in the same direction." It, it's on these coaches to kind of make it work. You know, I'm sure the deal is this. You know, guys love power, and so when you bring in the kid before the draft and he works out for you, and he can kick a 70-yard field goal in, in a dome one day, you just go, oh, wow. Yep. Wow. And he does it a couple times. Then you, That's the kick that's in your head. And so when he's missed three PATs in the last five days, that's the one where you say, well, God, if, we could, if he could just get lined up, be more consistent, and we'll get him a holder the, that he can count on and all that kind of stuff, but uh, we're, you know what, though? They have told us today that Versace is going to talk to us tomorrow. 
And oh, good. That will be interesting to see. Yeah, that'll be really interesting. I'm looking forward to that, and I'm sure, obviously, you'll be there, and, and we'll talk about it at some point. Mike, I appreciate you so much. You're doing Bill's show. You're doing my show. My listeners absolutely love when you come on, and so do I. So thanks a bunch. Thanks, everybody who listens, too. I met some nice listeners that were here from Stevens Point today in Green Bay watching the practice, and they saw a fun one today for sure. There was a listener who called me. He was driving back from practice, had been there the last two days, and he said, Grant, this Heath guy is really good. I said, his name's Hector. I said, you and Mike Clemens, great minds think alike because you've been talking about Heath for weeks. So I'm glad everyone on the show is kind of starting to see the same thing. Thank you, Mike. I got to run. Thanks, Grant. Appreciate it. Mike Clemens on Twitter, at Mike Clemens NFL. Him and Hector in Alaska both seeing the same the same flashes from Malik Heath. Three minutes, we'll wrap up the show next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Time to wrap up the show. Got about 30 seconds left. We thank Mike Clemens for his time. Tomorrow night, Rob Reichel will join the show just after 4 o'clock. Looking forward to connecting with Rob for the first time this season. Heard him on Over the Line this morning. Him and Ebo together is that's as good as it gets. So I will do my best to uh, to get the best out of Rob as my uh, my radio father, Ebo, does every time he's on, on Over the Line in the morning. So we'll talk series finale Brewers Dodgers tomorrow God pray for me pray for our team 9-10 tonight enjoy Brewers in bed one last time we'll talk tomorrow at 4